Bienvenidos a Hot Economic Issues. I'm Laurie Bonnier, professor of economics at Universidad Torcuato de Tela in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And I love to take this chance to discuss topics that we find challenging under the framework of the 2021 studies of the US Institute for Scholar Program, organized by the Institute for Training and Development Amherst. Today, we'll be talking about sharing economies. What are the main features, the advantages, the drawbacks, and the future challenges? What do specialists in marketing, business, economics, and law have to teach us? We should know that it sounds a bit paradoxical that in times of COVID-19, we have chosen a topic that is based on sharing. At these times of social distancing, lockdowns, reduction of mobility and fear, it seems that people might not want to share. Or is it really the case? How did Uber, Airbnb, Globe, or WeWork perform before the pandemic? Was the great growth tendency of those businesses struggling after March 2019 when the pandemic started? Was their performance during COVID the same for all companies and actors? To learn a bit more about this phenomenon, we do have first to explain what we mean by sharing economies. We base our discussion about sharing economies on the article Betwixt and Between Regulation, the Shares Economy by Abbott Stemmler, Indiana University, which paper was published in Fordham Urban Law Journal. The author identifies four distinct features of sharing economy markets, platforms, micro-business, excess capacity, and high-powered information exchange. Platforms enable commercial transactions by linking sellers of products or services with buyers of those products or services. These are peer-to-peer. -peer. They are decentralized on both sides, for both sides of platform. These platforms reduce transactions cost of doing business. Platforms are coordinating intermediaries and supply side users are micro, micro business as opposed to employers of platforms. This stands for new approaches for regulation. The supply side users are independent contractors for the platforms. Regarding excess capacity, people have excess capacity in their things, time, and space. And it is the excess capacity that supply side users are monetizing. Finally, technology is essential for high power information exchange. In sharing economic markets, there is a constant free flow of information exchange. In order to understand a bit more about the nature of these economies, today we have different view topics to discuss regarding sharing economies. First of all, I would like to ask Diana Nelson, who is a marketing and business professor at the Universidad José Cecilio del Valle in Honduras. Diana, how do you think the share economy has impacted business? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Nora. Mucho gusto de estar acá con ustedes. I'm Diana Nelson, as Laura said, from the Jose Cecilio del Valle University. When we talk about sharing economy, many issues can come to our minds. But for example, base tech technologies for millennials, that's the first thing that can pop to our heads. But from a demographic and business point of view, the sharing economy is much more. The transformation of the population can be seen even in the way business models can change and adapt similarly to how people do. We see a worldwide tendency in companies to reduce their cost and labor, 
which leads to auto-employment for many specialized workers who now jump from job to job or become entrepreneurs and earn a living. One of the many variants of the share economy is co-living, which thrives on a demographic trend of one-person household. Nowadays, it is very common to find a place to live or to stay when you go on vacation that can be shared with another person or another family. The share economy has many drivers. No doubt, one of the main ones is the internet and the digital culture, which makes this type of economy accessible to everyone with a smartphone or a computer. The economic crisis has played a crucial role and has turned into a driver to develop a new business model that works not only for the business, but also for the consumer, changing perhaps forever the traditional B2B or B2C models, leading now to a P2P, peer-to-peer -peer model, in which everyone is equal and integrated into the model. Oh, thank you, Diana, uh, for your insight. It was very interesting. Uh, Now let's ask Anita Carey, a teacher and researcher from the University of Sassad. I, I hope I pronounce, pronounce it okay, Anita, Faculty of Economics and Business Administration. Anita, um, what do you think? Uh, how was the marketing, how has marketing changed in the sharing economy? Yes, thank you, Laura. Hello, everyone. It was looking like it. I am Anita Kiri from the University of Zagat. Almost perfect pronunciation, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, and as a teacher in the field of marketing, I'm going to give a brief insight into the sharing economy from the marketing perspective. Well, marketing includes creating and providing value for our customers. With the sharing economy, traditional views about the role of marketing have changed. But what marketing lessons can we take away from it in terms of value creation? While in the economy, you are marketing a product or a service to satisfy a certain need and provide some value for the customer. The value that you are marketing in the shared economy is different from that of previous transactions. As in the sharing economy, you are sharing resources, resources with consumers. Co-creation has an extreme importance in value creation. Take Starbucks, for example. You may have heard of Starbucks' signature drink, the pumpkin spice latte. This drink was the idea of a customer. Starbucks took it, rewarded the idea generator, probably with a lifetime supply of Starbucks drinks, and used this quite successfully in their stores. Valuing, welcoming, and actually using the idea of consumers can increase their commitment, satisfaction, and even their loyalty towards a specific brand and company. Another important marketing aspect in the sharing economy is building trust. As consumers take part in sharing their homes, cars, offices, and so on, they have to put their face into complete strangers. Therefore, customer reviews given via, for example, a website, social media, Google, or on a specific platform of the service that was being used, for example, Uber, Airbnb, etc., can help future customers to choose and eventually get a trustworthy service. Oh, very interesting, Anita. Thank you for the marketing insight. And now coming from Brazil, let's move on to Amanda Taide, a law professor at the University of Brasilia. Um, Amanda, um, 
Could you please explain to us which are the discussions about sharing economies on the business and antitrust law? Thank you, Laura. Hi, everyone. Tudo bem com vocês? Uh, I am Amanda Taija from the University of Brasilia in Brazil, and I teach business law, antitrust law, and international trade law. And from the business and antitrust perspective, the digital and sharing economy presents a lot of lots of challenges. But before going further, it is important to clarify. So, what antitrust is? So. Antitrust law, in short lines, aims at preventing the establishment of undue market power by firms through mergers and acquisitions, for instance, and also aims at investigating and prosecuting anti-competitive conducts such as cartels and unilateral practices. So sharing economy platforms are two-sided or multi-sided platforms, as we, uh, we, we, we call them in antitrust law. It means that there are uh, at least two or several groups which are put together by one platform. So, for instance, Uber puts together in the same platform drivers from one side and passengers from the other side. Another example would be Airbnb, as previously mentioned, where the platform puts together house owners and the people looking for rents. And we should never forget the advertisement side as well. Uh, so in this context, sharing economy intermediation markets are very likely to become concentrated and possibly no, uh, dominated by a single market player, which brings the antitrust attention. The activities of those powerful sharing economy platforms for which data, for instance, is a key, they are likely to be scrutinized in merger control proceedings and in the long term, potentially also in the area of market abuse. For instance, uh, one platform in Brazil, uh, which is a delivery food platform, uh, was a recent a target of investigation on the exclusivity clauses of this platform with restaurants. So this is an ongoing competition analysis, not only in Brazil, but across the globe and needs to be re-evaluated in light of constantly developing market circumstances. Thank you, Laura. Oh, thank you, Amanda. Your exposition was really clear. Um, and the last issue that will be discussed in this podcast will be presented by Darkos Pasavki, who teaches business law at the University of Skopje, North Macedonia. Uh, hello, Darko. I wanted to ask you, could you please give us more insights about the tax implications of sharing economy, uh, perhaps in your country? I don't know what you, what you have to teach us. Thanks, Oron. Hi, everyone. Zdravo nasite. I'm Darko Spasevski from Skopje, North Macedonia. I'm university professor at the University of Skopje, Faculty of Law. I teach business law. The tax implication on the sharing economy can be viewed from two perspectives. First, later tax policies can stimulate and encourage the development of the sharing economy. 
Secondly, since this is a new model, what is the challenge for the tax authorities in collecting tax revenues? Tax policies can easily be used to boost the sharing economy. For example, in North Macedonia, a tax reform is currently being implemented, which introduces a three times higher tax rate for all real estate, especially business premises, apartments, as well as agricultural land that has not been used to carry out certain economic activity. In that way, the mobilization of resources is encouraged and given the limited capacities of the businesses, the sharing economy is encouraged by, motivation, by motivating entrepreneurs to act together and organize primarily through the rental economy. Regarding the second challenge, that is the activities of the tax authorities, it should be said that the tax authorities are worried that the sharing economy may cause a decrease in tax revenues. It is thought that service providers are not declaring their income. The main challenge is cash transactions. It is noticed because cash-based payments cannot be followed. They facilitate the informal economy. Cash-based transactions are almost fuel for informal economy. However, there are tools that can be used for this. Namely, electronic payments are an effective tool to overcome tax evasion. At the end, just to note, as with any new model being developed, certain challenges are common. However, the advantages of the sharing economy are greater than the challenges thereof. So we should not be discouraged, but rather encourage the development of sharing economy. Oh, very interesting. Thank you, Darko, for your insights. COVID-19 has affected all dimensions of our lives and economies and share economies are not the exception. COVID-19 measures have shrunk by 80% Uber taxi booking worldwide this year. Uber drivers in the sector were the most negatively impacted. They had to choose between health and work. Moreover, because of their status as independent works, they did not enjoy any labor or legal protection. The RMV accessed 1,900 employees and face a 90% reduction in booking at the start of the pandemic. Brian Chesky, executive director of Airbnb, Airbnb, has claimed that tourism will probably take more time to come back and it will be different from what we knew. An increase happens in domestic tourism. On the other hand, apps such as Glovo, Rappi, and other delivery platforms have experienced an important growth during the sanitary emergency. Global motorcycles and bikes were the landlords of capital cities in times of isolation. They have probably helped many small businesses and restaurants to survive and avoid bankruptcy. It is very difficult to predict the consequence of the pandemic, but when mobility increases, we have to see if people will still trust shared transportation and shared spaces to work at. Companies have already started to adjust their business models and are trying to adapt to a post-pandemic world. Many specialists are convinced that the sector will be smaller in the future. As mentioned, there are many challenges for post-pandemic times. A relevant one is to discuss the labor conditions of the labor force involved in these activities. 
We hope you have enjoyed this episode as we did. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we would be delighted to get any feedback from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our, our next podcast. <laughs>